G'day film fans, I'm Dave. And I'm John, and welcome back to The Love of Cinema, a pod in which we'll challenge one another to discuss movies, both new and old, with a strictly positive critical eye. That's right, and to keep us honest, we've turned this into a drinking game. Oh, 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 it was a quiet one. Oh, Oh, come on. Yeah, anyone says anything negative or stupid about a film or the film, they'll hear this sound, (laughs) and that means we're drinking. So, pour yourselves a glass and let's go back to school, if only for a little second. Just for just for a moment there at the end, folks. We have a guest with us today. Uh, we're very excited to have him on the show. He's a friend of mine here in the uh, the city of Angels. His name is Chris Hurt. Uh, Chris, welcome to the Jeff show. Jeff, Jeff looks looks way better than he usually does. <laughs> welcome to the show, Chris. Chris, uh, Chris works on a little a tiny little show. Maybe you've heard of it. Not not many people watch it. It's called Mandalorian. Uh, so we're very excited to to have one of the uh, one of the editors on that show with us today. What's Chris, up, Chris film Walker, nerds? Dude, dude. <laughs> on. Welcome, First of man. all, let me clarify. Uh, I am an assistant editor on that show because I know Come someone here. Your, your, your fans are going to look this up on IMDb and be like, yeah. <laughs> John Light. For, I do edit. You know I, 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 cl- I clarify as well. For about five <laughs> seconds, I was credited as a colorist on Creed. You know what? You it fucked up your IMDb. It was autocorrect. <laughs> it was autocorrect. You should have just kept and, it. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't do it. Someone else put it in. I found it. I was like, no. Well, I'm excited. There, to there be are. Here. Yeah, dude. Thank you. Welcome. Welcome. Um, yeah. So let's let's get it on, you guys. We let me just shout out really quickly. Uh, hmm. Beer sponsor Carlos Barozzo. That is a C Barozzo dot beer on Instagram. If you want to give them the follow, check out the show notes for the handle and the music as always is provided by the artist Dasein, D-A-S-E-I-N music's on SoundCloud and coming other places very soon. Check out the, uh, the link in the show notes as well. Ooh, All right, you guys, that's new this week. Yes, it'll be happening soon this week. We are going to be talking about the third installment of the uh, post original series, Harry Potter, Wizarding World, The Fantastic Beasts, The uh, Secrets of Dumbledore. Of which he uh, has many, apparently. Apparently, this man is Two and a half full hours of worth. secrets. Anyone who watched <laughs> or read the original book series knows that that guy always seemed very secretive. You basically had to wait the entire fucking book so that he could just tell Harry in the epilogue exactly yeah. what he was thinking and doing the whole time behind the scenes to manipulate this child all the way to yeah. death, basically. That's yeah. that's basically what Dumbledore is doing for the and first only, original only admitted, he, only admitted he made a mistake once. <laughs> I mean, oh my God, it's so dark. How does she get away with it? Chris, do you agree with me, dude? Like, I feel like, are you a fan of this series? Let's start with this. Are you a fan of the Harry Potter Wizarding World? Do you like I it? I am a massive fan of Harry Potter oh, good, and, good, and good. all and all of its flaws, all of its beautiful flaws. I, I grew up, yeah. um, I grew up with the books. I think starting with book three, I was at the midnight releases for all the book, Ooh. you know, and from then on I was, I was all in. Um, and uh, in her defense, the reason that he had to lie to him the entire time was because Snape could read his mind and Voldemort later with occulency. So she had, he had to lie to him. That's, you know, what? oh, we got out nerded. Oh. We got out nerded uh-huh. in the first yeah, 10 minutes. Did, did. I, I, so I'm, I'm just saying, home. you got to, you know, there's a reason. <laughs> Maybe you could have handled some stuff better, but, you know. You know what? I'm not going to take that. Oh, <laughs> get back. Ah, oh, the first, his virgin buzz. 
his virgin butt. It was, it was done out of spite. Bitch. Very fair. Very fair. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're totally right, dude. When we were watching, I saw this movie with Chris um, a few days ago. We had a really good time, and my girlfriend. And um, uh, I'm not gonna lie, there were a couple moments where I was moved, and we'll, we'll get to those. I enjoyed this movie. I think I had, I think I had fun. Uh, but it definitely made me think of the uh, the Severus. Please. Dumbledore's great death. Like you just can't, you can't not think about all the secrets this guy had. It just seems like it is fun to imagine him just pulling all the strings. Very different than, I'm going to really nerd out here. Very slightly different, maybe very different than the way the archetype of Gandalf is presented in Tolkien's world where Gandalf, until he becomes the white, is trying to figure out history. He, he needs to understand. He has to do research. He's never 30 steps ahead of everybody the way Albus fucking Dumbledore seems to always know, mm. or it seems to always have some secret. He just seems to always have some kind of knowledge. So uh, before we get too deep into this movie, I'll just drop this little breadcrumb. I think they did one aspect of this movie that I really appreciated was they gave us a little bit of a glimpse into the fact that Dumbledore and Grindelwald can see magic like differently than everybody else. Like there are certain things that I thought that they showed uh, with the way he used magic that they've never really touched in the original series. Of course, they see everything differently than people who can't do magic as well, as well as them. And I thought that was, this was one of the first movies where I felt like they were like, Oh my God, Dumbledore's doing things that like they can't teach in school. Like hmm. he, he can't even teach it. He just know he's a prodigy. He just does it. So we're, there's a couple sequences I'm excited to talk about, but first let's give, let's give it up and let's go around for our, our little blurbs to get people caught up. This is not the spoiler section, folks, so feel free to keep listening while we just give our general opinions first. Fantastic Beast, The Secrets of Dumbledore. Here's a little IMDb blurb, motherfuckers. Albus Dumbledore assigns Newt and his allies with a mission related to the rising power of Grindelwald. I feel like this could be like like all three movies could have that same <laughs> could have that same blur. We're just we're just continuing to watch it, but that's the I story, mean, they, folks. They got, that's they the got little blur. Seven movies out that had the same storyline before that, so you know it works. If it works, it works. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, bro, you're, so right. <laughs> you're so right, dude. I, uh, writers, they're back together again. We love them. J.K. Rowling has teamed up with her screenplay writing partner, who was with her for all seven eight movies initially steve cloves he wrote uh all, all the movies with her so it's fun that they are still together directed he, by mr he didn't david write the first yates two fantastic fantastic beasts did he it was just jk rowling on the first oh, oh excuse beasts. me yeah. did, did, are you looking at it right now is that a sure um, thing i'm pretty sure that's a true thing and he didn't there was one other in the original trilogy he didn't write um but then probably they, the yeah. okay i'm okay. pretty sure they okay. just brought him back in to edit out all the trans bashing in in this script so Ooh, I'm buzzing <laughs> you for that, senor. Oh, yes. Thought I'd get away with that. Not at all. Hash, hashtag <laughs> that was, one is, She was not going to escape unscathed on this show. Come on. Yeah, I know. Do you think she tried to? I can't. I, I want to ask you guys if she, if you thought she tried to address that in this movie at all. Um, no, not at all. All right, let's go uh, around the horn. Oh, real fast, real fast. David Yates. We were talking about him before the show started. This man has been embedded in the world of Harry motherfucking Potter. For a very long time. He directed in 2007, he directed the fifth Order of the Phoenix. So that's five, six, seven, part one and part two, and all three of the Fantastic Beast films. Mm. Has he done anything else? 
do his kids have tons of fun going to work with him? I fucking hope so. Even though they're all like definitely in their twenties, if he has children by now, I, I love twenties, thirties. His, his first Harry Potter movie introduced one of the most hateable characters in the entire Wizarding world. Oh, Umbridge. Yeah, yeah. Umbridge. Interesting. In general, I think it's really fun that anyone who's a, Chris, come at me. Tell me if you agree with this. I'm a huge fan of the different aesthetic in the original uh, eight. And I think it's fun that a lot of people kind of divide David Yates films into their own category because the kids aren't ch- kids anymore. By the time no. we get to five, shit's not funny anymore. It gets serious. It's, you know, it's heavy. And his aesthetic just fucking worked. And I think it's cool that they've just stuck with him and they didn't kind of revert back to yeah. Chris Columbus, which I enjoyed, but. No, I, I think uh, so like one, two, three, and four, are, uh, you know, it's before they really establish what, how the series is going to, you know, come to its conclusion. I really do think the story starting with book five starts yeah. narrative that weaves all the way to the end of seven. So I think from a thematic like standpoint, it makes sense to have someone that was able to create a consistent visual style from five through the end of that. And it works. I mean, like I, I, I have some issues with this film, but uh, I think like visually it looked like a Harry Potter film and, uh, and a lot of the magic and stuff I thought was really cool. I don't know if I'm jumping ahead of myself saying that yet, no, but, no, no, uh, no. but you know, it's no. like, and I think a lot of that's directly attributed to the fact that he's good at that style, you know, like movies five, six, and seven, one, and then one, two, and three, I think they all, they all look great. They all look like Harry yeah. Potter films. Mm. Yeah. Yep. I still haven't been, my sister lives in London right now. And, uh, I never got a chance to go over there to Pinewood and see the whole permanent exhibition of all the, the fucking sets that they left there. And I, I've seen pictures and stuff. It looks really cool. I went. But, it's uh, really sick. Was it fun? Yeah, it's really cool. <laughs> nice, dude. Uh, yeah. All right. So let's get into it. Let's go around the horn and let's just give our general what we thought about it. Dave, why don't you kick us off, dude? It, it, sure. it, let me ask you this question first. Did you rewatch any of the Fantastic Beasts going into this? I actually, I, re-watched, re-watched... I actually rewatched them a couple of weeks ago. Um, okay, yeah. Just when I was going through like a let's watch two movies in a row phase. Um, I I feel like, and I said this before we started, I'm going to say it again, Warner Brothers kind of threw this to the side and then turned around and said the worst thing you can say to a franchise, which is like, we'll talk about the next entry after we see your numbers on Monday. And... So far, I think the numbers aren't good. So I like it's it's a little soft, but I don't feel like they gave this one a, almost a fair go. It was almost like releasing it was an afterthought. So, and I'm not sure who's reviewing this as well because the reviews were really bad. Like people were slamming this all over the internet, and this one is actually probably my favorite of the series yeah. of yeah. Fantastic Beast series. I mean, you can't go wrong. It starts off with Newt actually doing what he does, like, and that's pretty much the first time they've shown you that, like him in the field. Yeah, and like there was just little new bits. There were some really good old nostalgic bits. Um, there's a couple of things that probably missed the mark. Um, I, I guess at some point we'll have to address the Johnny Depp recasting. And I will say to anyone who goes and watches yeah. this, don't wait for them to explain why he now looks like Mads Mikkelsen because they don't and you don't care. No. I've only met one person <laughs> that takes issue with the fact that they like that thought Johnny Depp might have done it better. But Mads just made this role his own, in my opinion. And I'll, I'll get around to that a little later. But yeah, I, I, I had good fun with this. And it was, it was probably up there in some of the better stuff. Like, well, I mean, 
I can't say it's up there in some of the better stuff. Everything they've released this year so far, I don't think we've had a bad review, have we? Except for maybe one. Yeah. Like it's no, been a great so. year for cinema. But that's yeah. So yeah. far, I think we're having fun. These are like the big tent poles. Uh, I feel like these are all the big franchisey things. I, uh, I think we're going to get into some some that are outside of these giant worlds soon. But yeah. yeah. Uh, I, Although, one one caveat I will throw in really early. If, recently? Yeah. <laughs> 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 the, the movie of which we do not speak its name. Um, no, you yeah. didn't give me that. <laughs> <laughs> we're both going down for that. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, yeah. One thing I will say, though, one caveat before we move too far into the episode. Um, don't take young kids to see this. Like, I'm talking your six and seven year olds because it will fuck them up for weeks. Like that, you're Dude, you're gonna be up, up. You're gonna be up dealing with nightmares for weeks. You take your fucking six year old like to see this movie. S- scorpion crab thing. Yeah, that, Spit, was, that even freaked me out. Body body bile <laughs> remains. Yeah, that was crazy. Yeah, this is not. Chris, for kids what did you think, dude? What'd you think <laughs> for that? I know I was sitting right beside you, and we talked a little bit afterwards. But just this, the general takeaway. I think my the the my biggest no spoilers yet. No spoilers yet. By the way, takeaway this film is that it made me sad that the first two films, at least how I remember them, weren't better than they were <laughs> because this, especially like the last half of it or so, gave me big wrapping up a story vibes with big emotional payouts for for various storylines that I don't feel like they really earned based mm. off how disjointed at least I remember the first two movies being. Yeah. Yeah, this was almost like gonna... its own trilogy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm going to second that big time. And I know I mentioned that to you when we walked out uh, and I wasn't sure if you totally agreed with me, but I, I think this was, I did rewatch number two. The It's not called the secrets of Grindelwald, no. is it? Crimes, the, of, crimes of Grindelwald. Crimes of Grindelwald. Okay. Um, uh, I rewatched that one, you know, last week at some point. And I mean, I'm not gonna lie. I was like, what is going on? Like, it was kind of like tough to follow. Like mm. I remember being a little underwhelmed by the first one. And just feeling like always nice to go back to the wizarding world, but there wasn't a very high stake story there. It was more about Newt gently touching on, you know, introducing Dumbledore and gently touching on maybe what was going to come. I remember at the end of that thinking like, Ooh, is this actually going to be about Dumbledore? And they're just using Newt as a vehicle to get us there. The answer is yes. <laughs> yeah. And then the second one, I was excited to see more Grindelwald, but then it just, it just, I don't know, structurally, I remember thinking there were issues and this was the one for me where I felt like, okay, if they're going to spin off and we all just have to accept the fact that Harry Potter is spinning off into these side stories, this one felt like a movie that could hold its own weight against, you know, such an iconic yeah. uh, original this, series. This knew where it was going. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Dave, maybe you're right. I mean, maybe because Cloves and, you know, came back and did this one with JK, it, it felt, and I'm not talking aesthetic. I'm not, Dave Diaz has been there the whole time. It felt structurally uh, like like those movies, especially the the later ones, the the very shamelessly long, over two and a half hours ones, five, six, seven, and one and two. Um, so it kind of felt more similar to me. Whereas I remember walking out of the original two and kind of thinking, I know we're in the Harry Potter universe but they didn't feel like Harry Potter movies. There was something that felt different about them structurally. Uh, so that, mm. that's what really stuck for me. And I am, as they know on this show, anybody who fucking listens to this thing, we are enormous 
Mads Mikkelsen fan. So yes. I don't care what happened in the replacement. Oh, whatever. I like Johnny Depp too, but I thought this was uh, was some really the, touching. I don't think some of those scenes would have been as effective because Johnny Depp is a character performer. Like he puts on a character and I, so he's playing something. Mads Mikkelsen, when he speaks, he's just a guy who's doing evil things and you are 100% on board with the fact that this guy is like just evil. Like, so yeah. he really sold it in like far more than I think a character Johnny Depp playing a character because Johnny Depp kind of has two sticks now like and he doesn't seem to be able to deviate from that and uh so I, I feel like it wouldn't have sold as well if they hadn't have done this change my disappointment uh is not that it's Mad Mickelson because he's great it's that there's a recasting and I feel like that's almost like um a representation of the fact that this entire series so far has just not gone very smoothly uh-huh because yeah. I just a recasting to me just shows that you've kind of lost. I mean, granted, some of the, it was out of their hands. Yeah, that, but that, that was where like, most of that recasting came from. The court case it, is still ongoing. It's still ongoing. I, I don't know. I just like I I was so excited when I first heard that they're going to be making these movies because I was like, the very creative people are going to be able to make a story with adults that are all badass at magic. They aren't dealing with a bunch of kids, and we can mm. get a real cool amazing harry potter story and i just feel like it hasn't lived up to that at all and the recasting to me just feels like a cherry on top because it just makes the films feel even more disjointed mm. and like they're like it wasn't planned from the beginning until now yeah that's that's fair my brother asked me the other day you know what chris that's that's just enough was that negative it's just just enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was just enough. <laughs> That's fair. That was negative. I do feel negative about that. No, I feel you. My brother asked me, like, yo, how was it? And sorry, I can't get his buzzer to go away now, Dave. There we go. Um, and I said, in a different reason than what you just said, but I kind of said, you know how the hobbits feel to the Lord of the Rings trilogy? Like, no one thinks they're in the same league. But if you've watched that cousin, all you don't three Lord of the Christmas. Rings and you yeah. kind of want to, yeah, you kind of want to stay in the world and have a, a merry-go-round to go around one last time so that you can justify rewatching Fellowship again. I mean, these, you know, these are kind of in that space. Um, I don't think the first two are as good as this one, and I'll stand by that. Uh, <laughs> all right, all right, all right. One question <laughs> I wanted to ask you all specifically, though, that I've always been curious, like, how are they going to handle this in movies in general if they keep playing with Dumbledore's past? When you find out that Dumbledore was in love with a man and every time they've shown it in the movies, do you guys really buy that these guys like wanted to touch each other's bodies? <laughs> I mean, it doesn't I think necessarily it is... need to be physical. Like, I, All right. So are you rationalizing for the movie? Because I feel like in the book, in the books is... It is not just we love each other as good friends. I thought that they were in love with each other. Oh, he specifically says that in the movie. But again, it's um, they were two people discussing the future of the world, that sort of thing. Like, So it could have been more an intellectual love, more than physical. I don't know. I, what I do know is there doesn't seem to be, like the internet's not blowing up about it. Everyone just shut up. No, there's no complaints. No one's hate bombing this thing down on like review sites or anything because of that. So yeah. I'll take the win there. Yeah. 
I think, I think my only thing that I think like by doing that, by keeping it in that safer place, I think that they kind of, I think they're losing opportunities to take advantage of that as an obstacle for each of those characters. That just being in the proximity to one another is difficult. Well, do they you know still I mean? love like, each other? No, at this point. I mean, I know, I think they're, they're 20 plus years past when they made this bond. No, yeah. but you know how, but you know how it is like, well, I mean, I guess we could talk about that, but I still feel like, you know, there's always a place in your heart for these people we've been with in our lives in the past, especially your first, if they were their first loves and they've never loved anyone else. I just feel like there's something they could have played into that a little bit that, that they were, you know, the pebble in each other's shoe, a little bit of the Achilles heel, the weakness. And I, I don't think I've ever really well, that was definitely seen the them take advantage of that. You, you do think they did that? Um, no, no, I, I definitely think they were each other's weakness. I mean, they had the, the bond that literally they couldn't. But that was external. Like, fight you know what I mean? Yeah. That's kind of exactly what I'm talking about. Like they externalized their, their conflict with each other in this thing. And we're, and they kind of made us believe that like this thing is the only reason I'm just saying, I think it could have been richer mm. if they would have made it about this thing. And then after that thing was destroyed, it would have been something even more difficult. I really enjoyed that moment at the end and we're not getting into super spoiler territory yet, but when they do finally have some kind of confrontation, when they do touch each other, I thought that was a, a moving moment, but I don't know. I just felt like overall they could maybe have, I, I think it, I don't think there would have been any harm in trying to play into the fact that they still had feelings for each other. And that's You're why talking this about was, when they bang in the dining car, of the hot walks express. Yeah. That's, that's the behind the scenes. <laughs> <laughs> on that note we're moving I into spoilers stupid, dave yeah. dave just gave away the opening to this movie so we might as well just uh <laughs> we might as well move into spoiler territory. I, I do want one quick thing before we move into spoilers uh, actually i probably should do this after spoilers so yeah okay we'll activate the spoiler alert and uh so now go and see this movie come back and listen to the rest of this episode if you like have some more drinks with us we got more to say um the plot of this film where they develop the, like, the unplanned plan. Is it or is it not the exact plot line of a Rick and Morty heist episode? Uh-huh. Y'all will have to tell me that because I've never watched that show. I think before. they're Chris knows what I'm talking episode. about yes. here. Yes, I think there's literally an episode with the exact same plot. Yeah, he, build, he builds a, a robot called Heistatron that goes rogue, and they have to basically do all sorts of random shit so that it can't predict what he's going to do. And then, of course, at the end of it, there's the, the reveal of the heist. And, it, it yeah, it's ex- like exactly the plot of this movie. <laughs> the, the plot is that there's no plot. Yes. <laughs> and do you think it's Steve Close or J.K. that has a <laughs> that is up late at night watching Rick and Morty? I don't, I don't think J.K. is watching Rick and Morty. <laughs> oh, boy. What were your... Uh, what did you guys think? What were your favorite sequences? I thought the first time... Uh, when Dumbledore fights, I don't want to totally give away his relationship to him, but Ezra Miller's character, mm-hmm. Credence, Credence Barebone, I thought their first showdown, their first fight was yeah, that badass. Just, that went from fucking north to a hundred. Yeah. And You're that's like, kind oh, of yeah, what I was just, alluding oh, to. He's, oh, he's following me. He's following. Holy fuck. What the hell's going on this street? Yeah. It that's was, what I was alluding to yeah. earlier. I, you remember, do y'all ever have this feeling when you were watching the old Harry Potters or reading them? I remember just thinking like, no fucking way these people need wands. 
Like why, why do like, I understand like it might be a useful tool for the younger wizards, but are you kidding me? I never thought Dumbledore like needed a wand. Like surely he can just blink and make crazy shit happen. Did and you notice this the, kids, was, the kids have to shout shit, but the adults don't? <laughs> yes. Yes, exactly. Which, yeah. All right. So anyway, this is kind of what I was talking about. I've kind of been waiting like the whole fucking series to see him just be magic. Yeah. And this first sequence was awesome. I thought they took it to a crazy place. I don't, I, they, Dumbledore does this thing where he takes him into this like parallel little world for a second where he's like yeah. laying in the puddle. They didn't explain it. I loved it. He, he I loved it. Doctor I didn't Strange. need to have it explained. Yeah. It was so fucking cool. I thought that was like, I've been kind of waiting to see magic like that. And I kind of wish Jeff was here because we talked quite a bit in our, we had a big franchise face off, Chris, uh, during the, the first part of the, the uh, pandemic and Harry Potter got down to number two for us. That was uh, and, that was a. There's some violent arguments in that. You should give oh, that a really? Yeah, yeah. We got, I'll, we got, I'll, I'll back, go back and check that one out. Um, but Jeff always talked about how he kind of got he he was kind of frustrated sometimes with the the uh, the way the aesthetic of the magic in a lot of those first you know first series of movies feels kind of mechanical, like literally the way bricks move and the way things transform and stuff as opposed to oh. it just is, it just changes, it just does. And I thought, whether or not you like it, I liked, I liked the aesthetic of this one. I thought the way they used magic to do stuff like in that first sequence mm. was really cool. Did you guys feel that way at all? Did you? Was that a sequence that, did yeah, you think no, that was I, fucking awesome too? I, I mean, it's now you're starting to get a sense of why nobody fucks with Dumbledore. Like, yeah, and I mean, like, <laughs> it's not going to go well for you. This this guy is awesome. He's he's basically a gunslinger with a wand, and they they even do the shot like at the end of the movie when they're doing the the face off. It's almost like a gunslinger face off. I was waiting for the close up in the eyes. Yeah, the Sergio Leone. Just yeah, fucking, yeah. What <laughs> yeah. were some of you guys? I think one of the biggest things that this movie succeeded on, uh, and then I'm going to go back and talk about what you said about the Dumbledore thing, but uh, I think that they did a really good job of showing uh, one people who can do magic well uh, and just going at it. And I thought it was really cool. I think my favorite sequence in the film was the battle um, during the dinner at the end of the dinner where uh-huh. Lally uh, saves the day. Um, yeah, with the so cool. It was cool to see how she's a complete badass at magic, obviously, but the way that she was fighting was completely different than when you've seen huge battles in the past. I think the first time you ever see two wizards in any of the Harry Potter movies like really go at it is at the end of Order of the Phoenix when yeah. uh, Voldemort and Dumbledore are fighting. And that's the first time. And I, and yeah. I remember being like, holy shit, yeah, <laughs> magic yeah, is sick when you're really good at it. So it's like, <laughs> but it was still very much like casting spells, moving things around. And for her, it was like, she was like making things moving around and pushing stuff. And it was all charm-based magic as opposed to like spell-based magic or normal casting. Ooh, yeah. I thought it was really interesting. How, hers, like, was, hers was more defensive too. Yeah, more defensive, exactly. Yeah. And it's like, I actually want to go back and just watch it. Once, once it gets on the streaming, I'll probably go back and see how exactly she manipulated stuff. But it was very cleverly put together. And yeah. I appreciated that it was someone who was not as good as Dumbledore, but exceptionally good at magic and yep. and she fought completely differently which i think is how magic would work at least i like to think it would be yes mm. uh, yeah i mean in a very in a very broad note i appreciate the original series i'm not, I'm not hacking on it but i think that this film Buzz especially I, I don't i don't know if i would say that about all right yeah sure, <laughs> go ahead, 
don't know if I would say this about the first two, but definitely in this one, I like what you're saying. I felt like magic was personal to each wizard in this one. Mm. It felt not just yeah. because McGonagall teaches transformation and Dumbledore knows everything mm. and Snape is potions. This one felt like people people dealt with the magic differently. And it was, you know, of course they were all in scenarios where they were defending themselves, which was helpful. They had to be using their best magic. So it was justified as well emotionally from like a character standpoint that they were put in situations where they had to use their best stuff. There was a wonderful little showdown between Lally and uh, or with Lally and uh, help me out. What's his name? Theseus, uh, where they kind of really just just handle like like over ten guys at once. I thought that oh, was yeah. really cool. That was a good one. Uh, unique. It wasn't just, you know, expect up a try. It wasn't just like de-wanding people. It was like throwing people into brick walls and really unique. So I totally agree with that. I was really impressed with the magical sequences, which is, we should yeah, say I, that, right? I, I, we should, we yeah, should no, want to say that. I love that they, they expanded on that. And these, these, it's, it's just not like three things that you learn in wizarding school. These people have a fucking <laughs> arsenal. Yeah. at their disposal so and, they're, and they're using them and I, I will say like one of my highlights and it made me smile and grin like an idiot was when they got to the suitcase opening scene where they're like everyone's opening the suitcases and it was like oh, the big of course, reveal yes. of what's what and then what <laughs> explodes out of these suitcases is like a, a trip down fucking Harry Potter creature memory lane like it, it was amazing and, like everything the that theme, from the yeah yeah all the, the books theme, the theme from the, all back. the movies yeah the, the, the musical, book. the musical theme came back full force in that moment too. Yeah, I mean, it Chris was... and I talked about that. Like all the, there are a few choice times where they just dropped the themes back straight in. Straight up, John Williams cue gets dropped in. I think that was <laughs> yeah. the only time in that yeah. movie where straight up a John Williams uh, cue for. Uh, when, when they first, when they first came flying into Hogwarts oh, too, yeah. they dropped it as well. Anytime they were in Hogwarts, they were like, you know, you know what we're about to do. Me, yeah. Yeah. That main theme, that flyover. Yeah. So I think that was a. Uh, uh, outside of like we're, we're just talking like technical movie making stuff this was really fun to watch for the magic if so if you, even if you just fucking don't really subscribe yeah. to the harry potter world if you enjoy visual uh, visual spectacle there were maybe five or six really fun magical sequences in here that they, they sequences like that did not exist in the first eight harry potter movies so it was cool to see them kind of push themselves um story-wise what do you guys think about uh what do you think about? Uh, all right, I'm probably going to get buzzed here. This might be my only kind of issue. Is that going off of what I was saying about my lack of clarity with number two, the crimes of Grindelwald? They introduce um, credence in that one. Credence Barebone, who you find out. Spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! You find out that he's technically a Dumbledore. You find that out. For sure in this one, but they tell Grindelwald tells him that in the previous one in number two. Mm. I'm not sure they didn't. It was his whole storyline was quite kind of confusing and combobulated in the second one. And I'm still not sure it really landed for me this time. I'm just not sure I cared as much as I wanted to about him. I he understood was... it all intellectually in the third one. It was a little harder to follow in the second one. Yeah. Uh, First of all, but I don't know if I. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure, sure. Did you guys? Am I alone? Did you guys? Were you guys totally on board? Were you right I, there with it? I or? feel like he got relegated to a B character. Um, yes, it's, it's and like, I think he was supposed to like, be. And that's why I was kind of hoping Jeff was going to be here because I was going to make the reference that Newt got Boba fetted in his own like film as well. Like they they just <laughs> yeah. other characters came in and fucking took it over. 
Um, so this was this was more about Dumbledore than anything. Like all the stuff they set up, they kind of wrapped it up and resolved it partially. Um, but the dumb it's now about Dumbledore Grind- Grindelwald. That's I feel like if they do get to a number four, that's where it's going. Like you'll see yeah. Newt still, and I hope they still utilize because I felt like they utilized the creatures better this time. Like the creatures had a purpose. It wasn't just some cute shit happening or some like it puts up put up a quick point of conflict. So I felt like they used the creatures and they were useful. And his knowledge was useful. It was it was more like when Newt was there, it was a, like it was more about Newt than it has been. I totally agree with that. Hmm. I feel like the efficacy uh, no you go first. No, no, no. Get in there, dude. I feel like the efficacy of any kind of series, whether it's a trilogy or, or even something bigger like, you know, the, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, anything that's supposed to be some sort of interwoven story that goes over across many movies, whether it's two or 18, the efficacy is being able to then like go back a year or two from now and watch them and have them not feel incredibly disjointed. And like mm-hmm. there was some sort yeah. of like effective thought of like making it feel like someone had control someone was at the wheel and had made decisions that you can watch them in a row and it's it's at the end of the day it's a satisfying experience there might be little issues here or there but overall satisfying i don't think just just from that metric i feel like this trilogy for me failed yeah and I think, that's and I would drink for that. That's one hundred percent a drink. <laughs> I think, like, yeah, it's super disjointed. It's like they make a big deal at the end of the. T- and to be fair, I haven't watched the second one in a while, but they make a big deal. It's like, oh, that's the big reveal. And by the third movie, it's like, I don't even. Who's this guy again? I don't remember. Oh yeah, he's Dumbledore's kid. But it's Dumbledore's brother's kid. Like, yeah, okay, mm. cool. Yeah, I mean, I guess he's mad about it. I mean, I, I did. It did feed through. I feel like they're going somewhere with it. Just they yeah. didn't do it in this movie, which is weird because yeah. it was two and a half hours long. Like. They, they fit everything else in there. Yeah. But there's um, just nothing cool for me that from the very first shot of the first scene through the end of the mm. third, that would make me feel like it was a really sad. If I'm sitting down on a Saturday, waste wanting I'm, to spend six hours watching something. I don't know if I'd feel like this was a satisfying yeah. narrative. I'm, I'm very fucking curious about the Phoenix though. Mm. Like, is that the one that ends up with Dumbledore? I don't know. Probably. Yeah. Oh, like, what's, what's the name of that bird? Uh, it's uh, Fox F A W K Fox, Fox, yeah, Fox, Fox the Phoenix, yeah, yeah. I mean, look, we whether or not <laughs> I said like nine negative things during that was, section, someone drink real quick. Oh, get in there, dude. She's, <laughs> I mean, I, if, if J.K. Rowling was my friend, I don't know if I would say this. I don't know if I would say this straight to her face, but look, she wrote an immaculate series of books. And now they're making movies that aren't based on an immaculate series of books. It's 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 just so similar to like, did, was the Hobbit supposed to be three movies? No, right? It's, it just it doesn't yeah, it doesn't stand it's, up. It it's doesn't similar have to the, the story. last few seasons of Game of Thrones. Yeah, sure. Well, yeah. I mean, books. I just don't think I don't think the original material is there. And you know what? We're running into we're running into a dilemma that I think we have, we've talked about on the show before. I think Marvel is running into it now. I think Star Wars has run into it from time to times. When you step that far away from original material, you have two massive choices to make. We're either not going to play by the original rules. We're not gonna try to adhere to stereotypes, archetypes, structure. We're gonna do something very fresh, or we're gonna try to constantly nod to the original. And either one of them is a huge risk. Nodding to an original is, only going to give you some cheap stuff. Is it fun to be in the world again? Yes. But is it as strong? No. 
because it's just not based on those original characters that those rules were created for. And if you go your own direction, I, uh, Rogue One is my favorite of the newer Star Wars. Oh, and yeah. I think it, I think it really works. And I think they took a chance on that. Um, I, I think that they wanted these to kind of be different from Harry Potter in a sense that for me, I feel like Harry Potter is, they're all straight up mysteries. Like the original eight are, are they're mysteries. All, I think all the books are Harry is, comes to school and tries to figure something out that time with a hmm. giant arc on top of everything with Voldemort, right? But well, the, every mean, single this, movie is a mystery. This, this sort of these three movies didn't feel, I don't know, dude. I feel like these three movies, there was always something for them to do they had to work towards something, but I don't know if it was once. Once we got to the split, like the duplicated suitcases, it became a like it was almost like Ocean's Eleven. I was waiting for a wrap up to show whatever I did with their suitcases. Yeah. Like I was just yeah. gonna say this, but yeah, wands. it kind of felt more like a, a team heist, a team kind of. I don't know. It just didn't feel like there was. Um, and at the center of it, not a split we screen in sight. Sure. We have the nude skill. That was his problem. It needed a split screen. Yeah. It did need a split screen. <laughs> I don't feel like the I don't feel like at the center of it there was a character that you cared enough about. You know what I mean? Sure, sure. <laughs> I'm glad you brought up Game of Thrones because uh one of the arguments, I know it's such a tired thing to argue about Game of Thrones in the end, and everyone's heard every argument you possibly make. But the one I finally think I've personally landed on is that you could have largely told pretty much the same story that they did in those final season or two, but if they'd expanded it out over like at least two mm. or three more episodes, if not a whole nother season and actually like told that story in the same pacing, they did the previous hundred hours of content they'd made. <laughs> like it could have actually still been fine telling the exact yeah. same story, the exact well, same I mean, stuff happening. In that case, the best article I've read about why that went off the rails is because they changed the tone of how the show was written. It went from being character-driven to plot-driven when yeah. they ran out of books. Because before it was character-driven, whether or not a character was in a particular location or a scene was up to that character, what the, the decision they made. Once he gave them the ending they had to get to, they started moving the pieces to put them in the right place. And yeah, that, that was when the tone of the show changed. And it was the best article I've ever read for yeah, explaining I what went that. wrong with Game of Thrones. Because, you know, it's like, I, I have issues. Like, I think things could have happened differently, would have been better, but it's like, they could have yeah. told the same thing. Could but those, but yeah, those characters were not making decisions. They were, they were being moved. Yeah, um, it, it and completely I mean, lost. Yeah, if you're going to pick pick a style, stick with it. <laughs> exactly. And I, and I actually think so, uh, when I was leaving the theater, uh, walking, you know, right behind John, I uh, my gut was telling me, it's like, I don't know that my beef with is with any specific aspect of the story over these three movies. And again, to be fair, I haven't watched the first two in a while, but what I remember of the first two, I think my beef is that it doesn't seem to have a consistent style and like a consistent narrative in the way that it tells that story over the three movies that felt satisfying to me. Do you think that that's because, because I feel like it's the same thing we, we talked across about, all three of them yeah. too, which makes no sense. Like, I don't know what the difference well, is. Well, except they added, they added one writer for this third right. one. So that might have helped. But the aesthetics, the aesthetics and the styles shifted over the original series. So, so I would still go back to saying that. All right, ready? You're going to buzz the shit out of me, but. I'm <laughs> okay. Newt Scamander was never meant to be a protagonist of anybody's story. I'm sorry, but like, mm. yeah, like you have this, you have this entire series. Yeah, he was Boba Fettid. We were talking about that. 
And they did try to basically use him as a catalyst so we could tell more about Dumbledore's middle age, I guess. Mm. Sorry, Jude Law, but I guess this is technically his middle age. I know he's quite old. Um, Dumbledore, not Jude Law. Uh, But I feel like at the end of the day, it wasn't just that we wanted to go back to Hogwarts, right? That's not why we signed up time and time and time again, book after book, movie after movie, to watch these children grow up. You, You fucking cared about characters. And movies feel like cheap movies when they just follow very traditional, you know, screenwriting structure, and it's totally plot driven. And I think that a lot of the best stories in all mediums, novels, film, television, I think it's why streaming is succeeding so incredibly well right now, is that is that when they are character-driven, they transcend plot. Something happens to a story when you are so invested in the decision-making and the obstacles and the emotions of character yeah. that the plot that they are caught up in is just a, a it's just a matter of circumstance you're just trying to give these people that you care about so much difficult things to overcome well that's and that's i feel a- like this one just never really sunk for us and i think part of it is that the integral nature of the fact that newt scamander is just not interesting enough and albus dumbledore is too secretive we're, we're never actually <laughs> we don't actually get to know him and what he's struggling with i'll go back to what i said originally the one thing that we do know about him that apparently he could struggle with, he didn't actually struggle with. It was just he needed to break that blood pact and everything was fine. And so I was just... Yeah, the, the blood pact being broken was a little bit of a letdown for me, to be honest. Oh, by the way, yeah, I was going to say, yeah, you got that for earlier. Sure, I'm drinking, um, don't you worry. But yeah, the, uh, <laughs> the, like that like resolve, granted, when they first got into the fight and they just paused and they've got their wands pointed at each other and I was like, oh... That's, we're not going to see anything cool. I was expecting some huge fucking wizard. There it is, fucking wizard fight, and that was great. But also, like it was, they built up this whole thing about how dangerous it was for him to face him, and then the thing just broke. They didn't. That was a yeah. bit of a letdown for me. Chris, did that moment like work? A, a little magical loophole that they, you know, that they explained after the fact, which I yeah. always, I can't, I can't like stand they, it when they. But do by that, that point, I'm already cheated. <laughs> What? Somebody explain it to me one more time because I don't even know if I totally followed it. Is it only because he was in defense of another person? Yeah, Dumbledore? I think it's, they were like he was. It just happened to do a defense spell. He wasn't trying to hurt him. He was right. trying to help the other guy, and it yeah. just happened to land on the amulet, and the magic was powerful enough to broke the amulet. Now, was it also because uh, God? I'm going to fuck his name. Albuquerque. What's his Albus's brother? What's Dumbledore's brother's name? Uh, Albasor. Abercor. Was it also because he was a part of the the locking of the wands? Because he he fired as well, right? Oh, I don't. Both of them fired at. No, I think it it was because he didn't move against. He moved in defense of someone else, and because he was defending, not attacking. Yeah, Um, that that was yeah. It's 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 like the forward trap in soccer. No, it's not at all. You know what? Oh, let's be real. Watch the full money. It's an awesome movie. <laughs> they did not, and they did not. They are going to make us wait like two more movies before they finally let us watch an entire movie of those two guys if just fighting get each there other. At all. That's not even going to make two more movies. Yeah. Well, yeah, we were talking about that before. I right? mean, they like, have, yeah, they have another one greenlit. I mean, hopefully they, the hopefully they do. Like this, it's supposed to be five movies. Uh, I can imagine the last one just being like a fight that goes through a town, like the end of Every Which Way But Loose or something but that's a really old throwback for our older visitors 
That is, you know what, Dave? That's just, <laughs> no one even, what are you talking about? Uh, it's a yeah. Clint Eastwood film, film, dude. Watch it. Did you guys, did, I, I, I haven't, I didn't go back and look at it. Did you guys do Eternals on this? Yes. Yeah. Yes, we did. Okay. I'm assuming that that was hard to not drink through the entire episode of. I you know gave what? it. I, I wasn't. Gave, I gave it more yeah. credit than they probably <laughs> enjoyed guys, me giving it. Okay. Uh, but so, yeah. you guys so, really went for it. Yeah. So on Eternals, uh, I feel like that potentially could have been a pretty interesting story if it had been like an Apple, like a Disney Plus TV show. Assuming that, yeah, I said you know, that was yeah. one of the things we yeah. came to at the yeah. end. It, like this would have worked just better as a series. They tried to work way too much stuff, and and I've yeah. and I something one of you guys just said sort of triggered it to me in that, and I feel like I wonder if they could have told a lot of what happened in the backstory of like Grindelwald's support building up and all of that kind of stuff, and like and how Newt plays into actually why he's important in relation to all this. If it had just been not three very disjointed movies if they figured out a way to make well, it more of a series that's an interesting yeah. concept because uh the new management at warner brothers now they've been handed over to warner brothers discovery mm-hmm. um is actually looking to flesh them out through side projects so you'll have the movies yeah. and the hbo max series that accompanies the movies like the batman is doing oh my so God. that's that's kind of like what they're doing, looking at yeah, doing i mean there, are, there can be downsides to that but i just i think yeah. uh, at least for me as a viewer and i i do watch a lot of shit i pretty much watch everything i watch every movie i can and every tv show i can i've realized there's tons of stories out there that just are objectively better told through a longer medium now and now yep. that that's feasible to do with you know decent visual effects and not make it feel cheap there's just you know there's certain, you know, something like everywhere, everywhere, everything, yeah. whatever that movie's called. Like for me, that was breath of fresh air. Absolutely beautiful, yeah. incredible film. Yeah. It didn't need to be longer. It didn't need, you know, it was, it was great from beginning to end. And then I'll watch another movie that I'm just like, they're so, they have to rush through the exposition so quickly that the, there's no way they could have possibly built out a payoff I would have given a shit about because it didn't give me time to care about any of these people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or why yeah, they're no, doing no. what they're doing. Well, it's like no, with, you're totally uh, right. like when they did uh, the Suicide Squad, and it, it was okay. It did okay in the theaters, and then they did Peacemaker, which was a spinoff series, yeah. and it was a fucking smash hit worldwide. Yeah. So I think that's what put the idea in their heads. Thanks, James Gunn. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I think I think you're right. I feel like um, I mean, I remember back in the 2000s, just when some of the early two great TV shows were you know were, were on there and. It was just so obvious that these longer mediums, when told cinematically, like, oh man, you can really do a lot with with larger stories that just need time, that are really character driven. And uh, you have to wonder when if movies like this are shooting themselves in the foot. And also, as filmmakers, all three of us here, we have to also ask ourselves, like, is this really just? There's two parts. Is there more money to be made with the theatrical release and just, you know, pushing it out and merchandise and stuff? And is that more sustainable monetarily than putting it onto a streaming service that people have subscriptions to? That's one half of the argument. And the other one is, uh, what is going to be immortalized more? What are people going to sit down and do more often? Uh, How many times have we all seen the original Harry Potter movies? You know, Hmm. a lot. If this was stretched out over over three or four seasons of television. I don't know. I'd be curious to know how many times people would 
the rewatchability. I, I wonder if they think about that. That like even though these things could be told better in longer well, I mean, form, the they want is, though, people in and you, out so that they come back for anyone, in and out. They kind of want that. Anyone who didn't buy them is rewatching them on streaming. So like they have the rewatchability. Right. So like when you go back to these films, you're going back to them on streaming. Yeah. Are you going to rewatch these films a bunch of times, John? I, I I mean I did just not, rewatch these the three. First two. Probably not. Uh, yeah. Oh, we were would you, about would you have if you weren't about to watch the third one? I always ask myself, like, if I could, because I, I have rewatched the Hobbits like twice in between my, you know, my rewatches of all the Lord of the Rings, and it's always Dude, uh, a little you're disappointing. Mean, you're you throw it a, I'll throw out a confession. <laughs> I bought the Hobbit Extended Edition. Didn't even know it existed. So I have Lord of the Rings Extended Edition and the Hobbit Extended Edition. I've never watched the Hobbit Extended Edition. It's been sitting in my I've collection for a year. <laughs> I, I own them and I've watched I, them. I had no idea they made a Hobbit Extended Edition. Neither it did, did I. Hey, the third one, Battle of Five Armies, is actually pretty good. But uh, no, it's uh, not. It has it's eight better fucking than endings. <laughs> It's just like this. It's just like this. Like the third one. My God. The third one is definitely. It's more, it's more indulgence than the end of Return of King. Return of the King. Extended edition. You only heard yourself. This Chris. is. I know. I know what you guys mean. Are we at that time now where we're just going to say, if we're in the large art? Right, so, Chris, would you say that about most of the Marvel movies now? That because we be, we keep having that conversation whenever we review the recent movie, basically the last year and a half of Marvel movies, we have mostly agreed that all of them could have probably gone to just Disney plus and maybe been series and developed in some other side universe that they're starting on, to feel kind of episodic and less significant than the original two. I or think three it depends sodas. on the scope of what they're trying to accomplish with the character and the story on it. You know, if it's, if it's like a simple thing that's happening where it's like, you know, this specific thing needs to happen with this character and he briefly meets up with this one and it doesn't feel like i think it just depends on if you feel like you're missing the context of why what you're watching on screen is happening yeah so like eternals is like you can't introduce nine characters yeah and make it seem like all of a sudden you give a shit that any of them die at the end of this. Especially when you, like, well, especially the, when you have a director who makes you get to know the characters before they proceed with the story. Yeah. Be- you've got nine of them to meet. That was probably a minefield they're walking into. Yeah. But um, yeah. I'm trying to think what's the last other uh, Marvel movie I saw that, uh, like, I don't think that the, the latest Spider-Man movie, uh, no, from, from home or whatever that was called. No way home. No Way Home. I don't think that needed to be a, a TV show. I thought that was an effective, like, encapsulated story in a movie form. Yeah, that was. All right. Awesome. How about the uh, the Sony the Sony franchises then? The Venoms. Those, the don't count. those, those aren't those aren't real movies. Those no one wants those to even exist. Black Widow. <laughs> no one's happy about. There's no person, even a massive comic book fan that was like fuck yeah we're making morbius there's not one human being in the planet that was like oh my god we're finally doing it we're finally doing it oh come on oh yeah they were like yeah we're finally releasing it it off we stopped talking about like fantastic beast about 20 minutes ago fuck it you know what we're still having but this conversation is interesting because it it all pertains We're, we're talking about there were three let's 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 talk about the giant fucking elephants in the room. We live in an age that is dominated by three universes, the wizarding world, the MCU and Lucas star Wars, giant, giant universe, fuck fest. And they, 
that we're seeing them all navigate it a little bit differently, yeah, aren't they? And it's interesting. But that was funny. <laughs> I mean, come on. They're all, they're all very Lucas aware of their... Best. I mean, it's everywhere. It is so beautiful. That's what, that's what they should have called the Christmas special. <laughs> look, look, we've come... <laughs> all right, all right, all right. But seriously, seriously. It's interesting watching three enormous IPs with different strategies on how to embrace theatrical and streaming how to straddle both of them. They're all doing it. Some of them, I think, are doing it better than others. Well, the funny I think LucasArts is fucking killing it with the straddle. Was, I think MCU is, you is the doing same, pretty well. Same studio. Yeah. yeah. So, and what? look at this. I think we're all we're agreeing right now, bringing it back to Fantastic Beasts. Two out of three of those are doing a better job of straddling than the others. Mm -hmm. For some reason, the Wizarding World hasn't really dipped their toe into this yet. It sounds like they're going to. Yeah. But I think Star Wars has hit the fucking nail on the head. I think they have figured out that, of course, there's a time to bring you back into the theater, fucking cue up some John Williams or John, you know, yeah. Mr. Giacchino, and get people back in there for a massive spectacle. And then there's a time for a 30-minute, half-hour episodic. And it's all the same universe and you're still going to get your fix, but they're different stories. They're not all supposed to be crammed through square round peg, you know, round hole or whatever. So do we think that the Harry Potter wizarding world could take a lesson from, from Disney and LucasArts? Do you think it's time for them to start embracing where, where are they Dave? Where are they about to go? Warner brothers. You said, uh, it's what's Warner, brothers, service? Warner brothers discovery now. So it'll be on HBO, HBO max. Well, I would me. say if they, if they do it, HBO max. There's also a parallel yeah. to be drawn between the way that Marvel, I mean, granted, Marvel's jumped the shark at this point, but like the way Marvel handed the first 16 plus films of their series compared to whatever DC strategy was over the last same time, there wasn't a strategy. It was yeah, just no. throwing yeah. stuff at the wall, and some of them are great. You know, you had the Christopher Nolan films, then you have you can whatever say the Justice League stuff was. But I think that's the same studio that that holds hair that holds the keys to harry potter i think the fact yeah. that the eight harry potter films did so well is maybe more of a miracle than we give it credit for like that That's the fair. same studio that was handling dcu was also handling harry potter in the it's first the it's the source material though isn't it like yeah, but I'm not, I, I don't know about I'm the not source saying... material argument because jk rowling wrote the three fantastic beast films so it's like yes there weren't physical books to point to hmm. but it's not like it's a whole new creative force yeah but i mean that's the thing like if, if she wrote that whole first series like that's a story she had to tell and then all yeah. of a sudden they were trying to force it that's fair yeah like, the, i mean she it doesn't told necessarily the story she had mean... to tell, and then they were like let's go back there for more money yeah, yeah. and yeah. you know if that's your only motivation it's not going to work it seemed like it should and be of course. a slam dunk let's tell an adult story in the harry potter universe with uh, with a wizards and right, wizards well then, that can crush magic it seems like right, well then, look organically we've come full circle which i'm very excited about i would agree with you if the first one didn't feel like a kid's movie to me i remember i remember watching the first fantastic piece and being like who did they make that for yeah was that a because it felt like they were just it was him kind of getting the creatures and of course it's cute and the, you know the visual effects are really you know really lovely and I remember walking out of there and being, I was super stoned. I remember I was telling Chris that and I, I was like, I was like so high when I saw that. But I remember just thinking like, I don't, they planted the seeds for the Dumbledore story. Yeah, yeah. Sure. yeah, like most movies. They planted the seeds for what I think they're going to do, which is exciting. I was excited at the end of it. But for most of it, I remember thinking this was a little family friendly, having come from, you know, the last few Harry Potter movies that were no longer family friendly. 
Mm. You know, it was starting to be something more serious. And I just, I don't know. I just remember thinking, look, if you're yeah, going to, if you're going to start a new series and you're going to take yourself seriously, then I, I don't know. I think you need to base it around yeah. something that is going to have higher dramatic stakes than you left off. And yeah, I just don't funny, know if around, they started around three or four. Like, they kind of up the stakes, like uh goblet of fire. They suddenly started killing kids. Of course, dude. Fucking and, people started uh, dying in number yeah. four. And you're like, and, okay. And this then, is- <laughs> like in this one, like people are getting fucking killed left, right, and center and disintegrated. And you know, she, she fucking loves killing people. She, dude. Yeah. Slits the throat of the little baby horsey thing. Yeah, yeah, that's what Elizabeth. Yeah, we were walking out. And Elizabeth was like, "Holy shit! I can't believe they killed an animal like that on screen." I mean, it's. I mean, which is funny. Right? That is more intense now. These that days. is like, that is the opposite of the save the cat moment. Yeah. It's like yeah. have them do something is, so yeah, fucking yeah. evil. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's how you establish your villain, and it works. That's, that's why it's, John, it's the first John Wick's is so great. It's like if they killed his kid, everyone would be like, "Yeah, whatever." But they kill the puppy, and it's like, "Oh, yep. fucking scorched earth." completely justified again I, like John i would Wick, fall dude. i would yeah i'm gonna fall back to the russian guy in that because like the second he found out that who the, like whose dog they killed he was like oh fuck oh yeah, yeah. oh yeah. fuck <laughs> <laughs> you, you did what you know look yeah <laughs> right, those movies are so much fun yeah they are you're right i, cannot wait I think more than that. chris i think you're right dude i think god i don't want to say this is the ultimate takeaway but leaving these three that Ultimately, I don't think they amounted to a really excellent trilogy spinoff of a really amazing series of books and movies. Hmm. I think they should probably consider what their next giant pivot is going to be theatrically and start asking themselves seriously, if we made our money writing very long books and then turning them into very long movies, is it time for us to lean into streaming where we can tell very long stories? over an extended period of time that are character driven or do both do a series and then do a movie and then a series and a movie there should have been a series between movie two and three that built up like me being excited about secrets of Dumbledore a couple of things I want to ask about from a filmmaking perspective because you did what what format did you guys see this in we saw it in one of the uh, the one I've gone to many times, Dave. It's, okay, it's the cool. biggest yep, regular yep. digital theater at, at one okay. of the theaters here. Yeah, because I was I, an extended was, form. I saw this in uh, AMC's Dolby, uh, and mm. it was AMC mm. in Times Square. I'm I'm wondering was there something wrong with the theater? Because like a lot of the some of the scenes were incredibly underlit in my screening. Like there was sometimes where it was just it just looked too dark. That right. never was flagged to me. As okay. uh, and also, there was some dialogue right near the beginning, like in the first, I want to say, third of the film, maybe quarter of the film, that was you just couldn't quite understand. I never heard the dialogue, but there were a couple dark moments where I, I heard the uh, the DP of the, uh, not Battle of the Bastards, but what was that really dark episode in the last season of Game of Thrones that was too dark and everybody oh, was complaining yeah. about it? <laughs> yeah. And the and the DP was famously like it looked fucking great on my TV. Your your fucking settings are wrong. <laughs> like there were okay. a couple of moments in this yeah. movie where I was but, like, I, I think it's I think it's pretty dark, and I think some people can't see every detail in this shot. Yeah, and, but, and it's like you have cares? no excuse. Then you're in a fucking cinema. Like that's what it was graded for. That's right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, I there were a couple of times where it was a bit underlit, um, and then there was like a, a few of, and I I I I feel like there was something wrong with the AMC's. Dolby, because that's insane, dude. Because they have yeah. like people who come there and calibrate that, like monthly. Yeah, and that's I feel the, like they need to fucking come again because like there was some stuff where you could not under, like the the dialogue sounded honky. 
Like it had what? like a lot of lot. Where lot of were you sitting in, in the theater? Were you in a? Uh, were you off to the side? No, I was in the perfect seating. It's like fucking row D. It's like I was about I want to say thirty feet from the screen. It was perfect. There were like ten speakers in front of you. You should have been <laughs> yeah. Fucking Atmos. You should have been able to hear every fucking word. That's insane. Yeah, you know, I was uh, I was in Alfred. like the sweet spot. What'd like say, I've Chris? got a list, dude, of the sweet spots of all the theaters in New York. Oh my god. <laughs> row F. Row F. <laughs> the, row F. Row F at the Times yep. the Times Square row F. That is uh, the Times Square money. I, uh, the Times Square IMAX, yes, row F. Uh no, row the Times Square Dolby. No, row the D. handicap the handicap row. D and Just in front right, of the uh, handicap row D is row yeah, um and row H spot. at uh Lincoln Center is uh, Bro, H is a... fuck you, I'm buzzing your fucking Australian ass <laughs> for putting a hard H on the oh, on, on H. Wow. <laughs> uh, so yeah. Well, you know, we, we give it to each other, the C wow. word. Uh, what did you guys, let's play a fun little game here called Who's Your Great, Your Favorite Grindelwald? <laughs> We've now seen a few people play Grindelwald, and uh, let's let's see who uh, who came out on top for you guys. Do you Colin need to Farrell, we have Colin Farrell, right, playing his, the, who Grindelwald was disguised as. Isn't that yes. how it went in the first yeah. one? Yeah. Revealed to be Johnny Depp and Johnny Depp at the end of the first one and the second one, Johnny Depp and now Mads Mikkelsen. So who, who who are we going with? Who takes it home for you? I am all about the Mads. I have a deep intellectual love for Mads. It's not intellectual. Just lean into it, Dave. Out yourself yeah. right now. Tell your wife that you got to leave. You got to chase down he's, Mads he's Mikkelsen. He's on my list. I'd do him. <laughs> I'm going to have to go every time. Uh, <laughs> who, who is he, Chris? I'm going to go with uh, Jamie, Jamie Campbell Bauer from the original. The flashback kid. The flashback or the- for about four seconds. I thought he really nailed the characterization of the character. You know we're filming you, right? We saw you look that up. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Is that is that the childhood lover or is that the old I've man? I've seen this guy before. Because remember, they flash back in number five, number six or seven. They flash back when Voldemort goes to get the wand and he breaks into his jail cell. Are you talking about that old man he or the young guy? He was once a full-time male model with the British modeling agency. And he All right, it's got to be the young guy. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Uh, Matt's, obviously, Matt's. He's obviously the best actor of all of them. But, but again, I'm just annoyed that they recasted it. I think that's like yeah, the Harry Potter movies, like... There was, I think, what, what one major recasting in all eight movies, and that was because the actor died. You know, it's like yeah, incredible. Yeah, they got through like yeah. fourteen movies worth of keeping all of the main actors the same, and it like makes it so much more enjoyable to every Christmas people go through and watch all eight of them. You know, like with their family, you know, over like a week or two, and I just feel like it's not a big deal if it's been two years since you've seen the last film because you're like, yeah, whatever, it's not Johnny Depp anymore. But like, if I do go back and revisit these in a few years, it's going to be really annoying going from one to two to three, and it's a fucking different Grindelwald every time. Yeah, no, you're right. That's huge. I don't. That might not even unless, unless should, they but. unless they lean into it and it's a different one again next time. Who should be the next? Dave, one? I think Gary Busey. It's like Bond. It's like they just change yeah. him every movie. <laughs> Honestly, dude. As as Dave, I think you're right. They can't say anything. They just have to do it. Yeah, do it. Say. Yeah. It's like Bond, Doctor Who. We're just going to, whatever. It's a different person. Who's your dream Grindelwald for film four? Ooh. Uh, Christoph Waltz. 
Ooh, that'd be good. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. He's, yep. my, I guess, my, my dream one right now. You just had that sitting there, too. Like, that just came out. It came out. You know, <laughs> it was sitting right on the chest, too. I didn't even think about it. But, uh, yeah, I think okay, he's always I'll, great. I'll tell the you bones. one thing, though, like, that's pissing me off at the moment. They keep teasing McGonagall and just, like, throwing her in there for, like, one oh, yeah. scene. She answers yeah. doors. She's, Dude, <laughs> she's just like... She needs, <laughs> like, give her a fucking moment. She better have... If they finish this, she better have a fucking moment. Where she kicks some ass, because and not a cat. She's not fucking yeah, just no. turning into a cat. Well, she, and she briefly with crushes in the seventh movie. I think it's seven part two. She yeah, that goes like nuts, and she's just fucking badass. Yeah, when she does the, uh, are you talking about when she sends Snape out? When there she... a few times. Well, one when she just like makes all of the uh, the soldiers or all of the protect your school. Yeah, I've always <laughs> wanted to do <laughs> that. Yeah, badass soldiers. <laughs> um, I like when she casts out Snape though, when she just yeah. like. Yeah, that's always fun. Coward! Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Uh, I know, but Dave, you're right. We've seen her now as a young woman. And what are they waiting for? Why yeah. is uh why are they not Minerva? Why are they not letting Let her into Minerva the Minerva loose, you motherfuckers? <laughs> hashtag Minerva loose. Yeah, let's five, let's hashtag that and get it started. Like let Minerva loose. <laughs> you know what though, guys? This is what I I think about this too. We're talking about David Yates, how he's been doing these for a long time. This has been JK's entire fucking life. Wouldn't it be fun if we had the platform where we could fuck up? You know what I mean? Like we could try things, make mistakes, yeah. swing, nail some. I mean, how cool is it that they have been able to build an entire life and career out of telling a story about this this thing that didn't exist until until the first Harry Potter? I mean, it's just crazy. It didn't exist until then. It's we've, nuts. We've run out of time to talk about it as well, but shout out to the like two things. Eddie Redmayne for one. Um, sure. I guess just, we should mention him. just just falling <laughs> straight back into that character, like the whole thing that he does with like the no eye contact, unless he's dealing with animals and he's confident, and like that he just falls back into it with what seems like the greatest of ease. Like so, hats off to him, and also like the visual effects guys who are doing these creatures. Holy shit, dude! They're great. They're like really, I, yeah, really I good. know the the amount of work that I could can't even fathom the amount of work but i also know the amount of work that went into those creatures and there's creatures like if you watch the special features of the earlier movies there's creatures that didn't even make it to the screen that they they concepted and like they've taken these things to con from concept art to to like life and then the actors themselves who sometimes have absolutely nothing on set to work with and Mm -hmm. then literally miming putting things in like place sometimes they have a puppet a lot of the times they don't. As Jeff says, what's always, what's always, yeah, hmm? what's always really important. And Jeff always says this, and I think it's really true in these movies. You can see all these actors are having a really fun time. Yeah, that's that's. And I important. think you can you got to enjoy watching them work. We can we can pick apart the story as we're doing. We can we can bitch and complain about these tiny little things, but ultimately, it's so obvious that. They had a fun time making it. They're going to keep making them. We're going to keep watching them. I hope because they keep you just them. can't resist going into the wizarding world. I and I think Eddie, scenes. you know what? Whether you like it or not, Dave, I think we're going to have to see how this thing is because yeah. they're going to keep making these movies, and we're going to keep if, fucking watching like, them. If they if they decide to stop, like we're we're storming Warner Brothers. Yeah, we're we could <laughs> complain about these three movies until the fucking cows come home. But if they don't make any more, I'm going to be pissed. Yeah. Yeah. I'll write them a letter that starts with "Look, motherfuckers." Chris, you think they're done? I do because it did so crappy. And and I, I mean, think one of the there's she's unfortunately not unfortunately because I think it's it justified, but like the actual amount of anger 
and the lack of goodwill that that JK has managed to create with her, you know, anti-trans yeah, fair. movement has like really like cooled a lot of her core fan base. Like they, they'll always still love the Harry Potter they remember and grew up with, but the idea of anything new that didn't exist beforehand, I don't know that there's the same, um, I don't know that there's the same hunger that there was. Yeah. They, they are definitely having trouble with the lightning strike in this one. Yeah. So I don't know that we'll get another one. I mean, I think if it had made a hundred million dollars last weekend, yeah, then we I mean, probably would have just from an economic standpoint. But first, now it's like- the first week drop off will be the the telltale. If like if yeah. they can if they can pull like a thirty percent drop off or a forty percent drop off for next next week, maybe yeah. they'll get through. They'll sneak across. But it's yeah, it's, so far it's not looking good. How did the how did it do globally? I didn't actually look at global box office. I right now it's sitting at. Right now, it's sitting at 193, which is, you know, nothing to shake that's a stick at. That's not too bad. That's actually that's not too bad, bad actually. So yeah. I, mean, I bet okay. that's about the budget. I bet it was about a $180 million budget, I'm guessing. But I bet even that's probably. problematic because I'm sure you guys saw the story of, uh, I think you guys are trying to wrap up and I'm just bringing this shit up. But anyways, no, no, um, do it. Um, the, uh, they removed we a bunch of any line that, that referenced anything about homosexuality in China. They in removed China, yeah. from the movie. I mean, oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. that's not, really, that this that's week, not yeah. really problematic. They do that all the time. Sure, but it's problematic like, within the framing of the fact that there's already a lot of concern about what she's doing with trans. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, it, it's not a good look. Is she still fucking doing it? Like, yeah, did anything it's happen? Like, really, she down did? Shit. Like, just when you really? think it's stopped, it's happening again. It's because I know she wrote that. It's like full a proctology essay exam as a response, like last year, and I didn't know anything else had happened past that. So it's still happening. Well, that's a shame. That's too bad. JK. The proctology June. reference slipped right through there. Oh, great. <laughs> say, say proctology again. No. Son of a bitch. <laughs> you know, I managed to not create a media firestorm over a controversial subject every single day of my life. I feel like it wouldn't be that hard for her to do, especially because I'm sure she has publicity. Yeah. Too. Yeah. It's, I mean, I, I feel like that's why they brought in another writer on this one. Cause if like, if you can't be trusted with a fucking Twitter account, you can't be trusted with a 10 Paul release. It's just so oh, easy shit. to not create a media firestorm. So easy. Yeah. She just can't. She just apparently she can't help herself. She's like on the defense and she's yeah. just going for it. Well, it's sadly, it's the one thing Twitter didn't teach a lot of people. It's like not every fucking thought that comes out of your head is something everyone needs to hear. Yeah. Like you're in a monologue well, should not be externalized. And she had like a lot of like, she had enough goodwill built up from just pure nostalgia credit. Yeah. That she could have gotten through that initial statement with a, you know what, I, I feel like I have a lot more to learn about this subject, and you know I'm going to do some self reflection. I'm going to talk to other people that lead on this subject, and you know, and and I'll try to educate myself and and maybe some other opinions on this matter. And then never brought it up again, even if she felt the exact same way until she died. Yeah, but just never brought it up shame. again. And I don't know. It seems so easy to me. It's a shame she didn't try to. Also, I didn't write Harry Potter, so I guess you know. The hell do I know? Yeah, I mean, I guess you're less special than J.K. Rowling, but it's a shame she didn't <laughs> try to to write a book about this. Yeah. He's not wrong. <laughs> I mean, we're all we're all less special than the most successful writer of all time, but it's a shame she didn't try to just lean into it and say I made a mistake and just try to explore the topic through a series. I think people would have been all about it. Yeah. Like, but either way, well, if Elon Musk has his way, we're going to be able to say whatever we want on Twitter, and, uh, and there's. <laughs> really not much we can do about it so i can't say anything about that 
Oh yeah, are you working for Mr. Musk? Are you an employee of SpaceX on an NDA? N- N- no NDAs. NDAs can't say anything about that. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know what? we got very political here, but uh, if well, anything, we didn't. No, we we got, we got very a human. drunk, yeah. and it's a sh- well, no, I mean, but it's a shame that you can't. You, it is true. You kind of can't talk about these movies and where they're going in this world without acknowledging that now there is. A, a, a source of the material at the center of it that has controversy around them. And is that going to taint and whatever yeah. happens moving forward? Possibly. Can you imagine if Stan Lee had done something? <laughs> I almost said something really terrible. Yeah. Done something really, really bad at some point, you know, in the seventies or eighties. Yeah. I don't know if Marvel would have stood a chance to get rebooted as strongly as it did if no, he had had 70 some. Ra- 70 race or 80s, he would have got right away with it. But uh, yeah, not not. You can't divorce the rapidity of her fan base from what is Harry Potter. I yeah. mean, that's why it's so successful. I mean, that's why, like, the fact that no, no other series that I can think of in the last 60 years were people lining up at midnight to watch to you know get yeah. the books. It's like she is why Harry Potter is so so popular. I, I feel like it boils down to like I'm I've I'm I'm very successful and I said some stupid shit, but I don't have the good sense to back down off that and go, oh fuck yeah, I was wrong. Sorry. Mm-hmm. JK, if you're listening. <laughs> Long time, uh, just, long time listener, first time call. Just, just say you're sorry. <laughs> just say you're sorry, and we'll, everybody will come we'll back. Just to stop theaters, saying anything. Then. Yeah. Just give us some stories. Do the stories. Say you're you, sorry first, you don't, and then you don't then need. You can stop <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Fair. Fair. Wait, John, am I, I hearing this correctly? Are you offering to be the platform with which she comes forward and apologizes to the world? Do you want her to do that in your podcast? Yeah. JK, let's do that. Jk, gla- come we, on the we podcast. We will gladly. Jk, Jk, just one initial buzz, just to, just so we can get it out of the way. You made a mistake. Come on the podcast. We're ready to have you. We're going to have some hard questions. I will We're be your David Frost. Throwing Frost. it out there. We're throwing really it. Okay. We need. We, we really. Her. We need to wrap this up. We need to. Wrap, we, we're going like an hour and. 10. Right, we're going on an hour and fifteen <laughs> minutes here. This was really fun, Chris. Thank you so much for joining us. We talked a lot of smack, but I think we also had some fun. I'm glad I went and saw this in the theater. It was very spectacular to watch. I still think it's the best one out of the three. So if you're hesitant about going to see this one, I still think you should go see it because it's better than the other two. And go see it because it might be the last. Um, But we do, at the end, uh, a quick round of what you've been watching. Yeah, Chris. Uh, I feel like do you, you want to kick that. us off, too. Chris, you've been watching anything you want to throw out there? Recommend? Oh, I'm sure yeah, you guys have already talked about this in the past few weeks, but uh, Severance. Severance is the is the shit. It's so. We haven't talked about it, dude. Incredible. Come at us. Jeff has mentioned this once. Uh, well, I don't have Apple Plus, so I don't have access to the. Steal, to steal the someone's thing. login. Borrow someone's <laughs> login. Get the get the week long <laughs> trial. Just watch Severance. Oh yeah. my god, it's I've it might heard. be my favorite show of the I've last heard. five years. It's yeah. it's immaculate. The last five years, dude. Wow, damn, dude. Anything else? You watch any other movies recently or any other shows? Or? Everything Everywhere was incredible. Uh, I did Let's watch talk- yeah. I watched Ambulance told- last week. Uh, <laughs> Ambulance is total dog shit. Goink. Not even in a, a fun Michael Bay way. It's just real bad. Damn. Dude, that's, that's well, you know what? Yeah, uh, last week I wasn't a part of it, but they chose to do Sonic the Hedgehog 2 as opposed to Ambulance. And I think they made the right choice. Made a great yeah. choice. Ambulance made eight million, and Sonic made seventy-two. So yeah, I we made a huge understand choice. how bad Ambulance yeah. was. 
eight million. That was probably a hundred million dollar movie, don't you think? And then he's going to the bottle. He's going to the bottle. Jesus. <laughs> ambulance made him go to the bottle. That's how bad ambulance was. God damn. Uh, Chris, you're watching Winning Time, right? I'm still watching that. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm so excited for it, and I have not started it, but I'm going to start it this week. Oh, I thought. I thought we said we. Were, I thought you was still. No, it's been on my list for, for a minute. But I'm, I'm gonna now that most of the episodes are all the episodes it's out or most of them or not all of them, but it's yeah. it's good. It's fun. Yeah, I'm gonna start. Hey, what you been watching, dude? I have not had time to watch anything this week. Uh, work and other things got in the way. Uh, and I had, Easter, I had Easter with the family, so they were, like I lost mm. my Sunday. Um, so yeah, and I have nothing this week. What do you got? I am almost caught up on winning time, enjoying it. That is fun show i don't think you even i I don't know shit about the lakers or basketball from that time i'm not a real big sports guy and i'm having fun it's worth watching i think it's enjoyable i like adam mckay's he doesn't direct every episode but it feels like those adam mckay styles um main editor on that's great he's he does a lot of adam mckay's films and i think he has a very fun style i love that he goes back and forth between like fucking terrence malick or right and uh adam mckay like i like his style a lot the editor um do you know his name so we can shout him out uh i should i've been a fan of his stuff for a long time and it's completely skipping me but i think it's because i'm chugging wine from a bottle at this point that, so. you know that, that, that guy that, that guy's great yeah. i'm not gonna lie you guys i've watched uh, a few movies recently and and i'm gonna i'm gonna fully admit to them we've been having some rom-com uh rom-com watches here at the house me and the girlfriend hank corwin i hank corwin Shout out. That guy has got a very unique style. I appreciate it. Um, I watched Something's Gotta Give, and it's complicated. Shout out to oh. Nancy Myers Production Design. Those were amazing houses, and I want to live in them. And I, I don't think I'm alone in that aspect. I also watched for the very first time uh, Nora Ephron's You Got Mail. Maybe I'm crazy. I'd never fucking seen it before. I'd never seen it. So, uh, yeah, sure. Yeah, go fuck yourself. Yeah, yeah. I love Nora Ephron's film. She's great. They're you know so what? Fun. They're all very, they're all very fun, agreeable, they're safe fun. Films, fun films. But if you're, yeah, you feel good watching them, and there's nothing yeah. wrong with that. Dave, yeah. how about you? Uh, we we covered me. I got nothing. So, uh, oh yeah, yeah, you got fucking nothing. I was giving yeah. you another chance, and you, you yeah, had nothing. still got nothing. Chris, thank you so much for coming yeah, on. I hope great. this isn't the last I mean, time. Let me know if you, you, know if you ever want uh, my annoying uh, input again, and I'll be here. We would cool. love we to do have annoying, annoying input lot. again. <laughs> yeah. We'll get you back on here with Jeff sometime soon. because he, Let's do it. Yeah, I need to meet Jeff. Yeah, yeah. He, has a fun, he has a fun time on the show, and I think you guys <laughs> would have fun bantering back and forth. So, uh, yeah, thank you so much, film fans. We will see you next week for – Dave, we're doing it, right? We're doing the fucking Northman. We're doing it, right? Are we doing Northman or are we doing uh, Massive Weight? Oh, shit. One of those two movies will be done. We're going to argue this week. Uh, <laughs> Come back soon and figure out what we're doing. Yeah. <laughs>